Hello, and welcome to the Leading in Times of Challenge podcast, produced by the Greater Des Moines Partnership. I'm your host, Mike Jefferson. Thank you for joining us as we talk with community leaders from across Greater Des Moines who share their greatest accomplishments and their biggest challenges. Now more than ever during these trying times, leadership remains crucial to the strength and resilience of our region. Let's hear from today's leader. So today we're here with senior senator from Iowa, Chuck Grassley. Uh, Senator Grassley was first elected to the Iowa legislature in 1958 and then the U.S. House in 1974 before joining the U.S. Senate in 1980. And uh, longtime Iowan, he's a he's a proud Panther and and we're grateful to, to have him here with us today. Uh, Senator, I'd, I'd love for you to add on anything you'd like, but maybe start with telling me a couple of things that in, in those many years of service that you are, are most proud of. I think uh, passage of the uh, False Claims Act, which I won't explain unless you ask, <laughs> but it has brought about $63, $64 billion back into the federal treasury since I got that passed in 1986. The uh, Congress used to exempt itself from laws that applied to every other business in America. People thought there was a constitutional justification for that. I didn't think so, but between 1938 and 1990, Congress had uh, not certainly set a high standard for Iowans and for uh, those electeds who have who have followed you. So for that, we are we are grateful. On the other side of the, the coin, can you talk about um, challenges that maybe stick out over the years um, from your experience in, in the past? We can talk about the, the current situation or, or in the past. We'll come back to the, the global pandemic at, at some point. But what experiences can you share and challenges that you've had the ability to overcome in your in your time in, in office? Well, this, this isn't very specific, but you know, everybody, even the most educated people think that Congress, Republicans, Democrats never talk to each other. So <laughs> I've tried to set by example. Yeah. Hope bipartisanship, and if you want to measure that, go to the Luger Institute, Georgetown University. Mm-hmm. Senator Luger left his money to set up this institute that uh, every year measures bipartisanship of a hundred members of Congress, and I've always come in the top ten. Sometimes been as good as fifth or sixth. 
and this year tenth. So I try to set by example, uh, and uh, and then I think being candid with your constituents and always telling the truth, so you don't have to worry about what you told somebody else. Then you never get in trouble for those things. There's plenty to get in trouble with, but at least you aren't getting in trouble with other people misinterpreted that you told this guy one thing and you told another woman something else mm -hmm. and et cetera. I think that's pretty basic. And then I think an understanding of agriculture has been very helpful to me coming from the farm and being involved in the family farming operation because it's, uh, you know, it used to be the major industry in the ice in Iowa and maybe still our major industry. I haven't seen any statistics, but it's very, very important. And when only 2% of the people provide the food for the other 98%, having somebody in Congress that understands the role of the family farm is pretty important. Absolutely. I, I couldn't uh, agree more. Um, can you talk a little bit about more internally focused? You have a great team in D.C. and teams uh, throughout Iowa, staff who have been with you for years and uh, would be curious to know how you lead your staff and, and those that work for you to, to do the work for, for, of Iowans. Yeah, well, I try to lead by example. I can't expect people to work for me that if I don't work hard myself. I think that I want each employee, mm -hmm. staff person, whether they're in policy or just on the edge of policy, they ought to see themselves as a little senator. Mm -hmm. What would they do if they were senator? Now, obviously, I have to set parameters, but I don't discourage anybody taking a lead on things. I can tell you one of the things I got a good reputation for that maybe people don't know about, but my interest in foster care. Mm -hmm. I had a Polk County person by the name of Sarah Gazarek come to my office be on the staff in the 1990s. Mm -hmm. She was a uh, she was an adopted person, and she says, "You know, there's a lot of things wrong with adoption and foster care. Would you care if I worked on it?" And I said, "Yes, go ahead." I didn't know that it turned out to give me uh, such a reputation among the advocates for foster care and the advocates for adoption. Mm -hmm. uh, but I've got a good reputation there, and Sarah does it. And it was her own initiative. So I try to do that in a lot of areas, and, and I just use Sarah as one example. Uh, the other thing is that, that my staff's got to be thinking for me and like me. <laughs> and I think they do that pretty, pretty good job of that. Uh, and they do, a, they got to keep me out of trouble. I think I get it. It's pretty easy to get into trouble, but I think they help keep me out of trouble. And uh, if you don't get in trouble all the time, then you're spending your time on positive things instead of defensive things. That's a great perspective. So as as a leader, and I, I may steal a little bit of your thunder here as I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess what you might answer in terms of this question. But as a leader, what are some of the ways you keep your mental health at an optimal le level? Uh, as a fellow runner, I know you, you run a lot, but it, it, are there what are you doing to make sure that you are um, keeping your your mind and ready to go for everything that you have to do every day and and to lead your team and and to to lead um, us in 
in D.C.? Well, I read not too long ago, maybe three or four years ago, about a person that wrote that to have a quality life, it's based upon four things. Mm-hmm. Faith, family, community, and by community that means, you know, working with other people, doing good, and a, and a job that you, uh, that you, that you find useful and enjoyable. And I, I don't want to brag about faith, but I think I've been fortunate to have a family of 65 years marriage and five kids and, and a lot of grandchildren. And I think I do things in the community, although most of what I do, I get paid for, but it's uh, still, uh, hopefully I go above and beyond what you normally do, just earn your money. And then I got a job that I just love. So I think that that's, that that's probably part of an answer to your question. I think you tend to be optimistic under those sort of things. And I think an American has an opportunity to be very optimistic as long as we keep the principle of limited government. And as long as we uh, have a free market system and the personal freedoms we have so that uh, you don't have to sit back and wait for government to tell you what to do. You've got your own ingenuity, and uh, you've got a, a political and a social and an economic system. So whether it's the work of your brain or the work of your muscle or the work of both, uh, you can be anything you want to be. Uh, and uh, as long as we have that system, uh, I think that, that America is still going to be, uh, continue to be number one. Uh, no other society has the principle of limited government. No other system of government uh, says that that all the freedoms that you have are yours. They aren't given to you by government. Government's there to protect you. The Constitution is there to protect you from your government mm-hmm. so that you can do whatever you want to do. As long as we have that system, I think you keep focused and optimistic that's what I believe, and I think that's part of my success. Well, I think some of those messages may even fit right into what is mostly my last question for you today, Senator, is what lessons from the challenges you've pay- faced in the past are you now applying to uh, what we're dealing with as a country with the coronavirus and and, and unrest and, and those issues that we've got currently? What What challenges have you experienced that are helping you today? I think listening to the grassroots of America, particularly in this time when the future is looks a little bit blighted by most people, I have calm and leadership when people need it, you know, or like what's going on now with uh, the murder of Floyd and mm-hmm. what black people see as inequality, what can we do to to uh, affect a more cohesive society and things of that nature? Uh, I think another thing is, and I may be repetitive on this, but I think uh, being honest with people, mm-hmm. always telling the truth as an end in itself, but also if you tell the truth, you don't have to worry about what you told somebody else. 
and uh, and just uh, be ready to go above and beyond the call of duty, whatever it takes to get the job done. Those are great, great lessons, Senator. As we wrap up with our uh, Leading in Times of Challenge podcast, do you have any other final thoughts you'd like to share? Yeah, I I think I end a lot of meetings, a couple other meetings today that were the same message. Representative government's a two-way street. Mm-hmm. I have a responsibility to go to my constituents and listen to them and encourage them. But you also have a responsibility to come to me. Now, that doesn't mean you got to come to my town meeting. It doesn't mean you got to talk to me on the phone. But the least you can do is email me from time to time. <laughs> but I've got to know what's on people's minds to represent them. And so I try to do my part, but I expect my constituents to do their part. That's a great message. Thank you so much, Senator Grassley. Thank you for listening to the Leading in Times of Challenge podcast produced by the Greater Des Moines Partnership. To listen to more stories of inspiration, please visit dsmpartnership.com.